I, I think in in this whole thing, um, I often talk about the the gap between expectations and reality, which is where tension comes from. If there's a if there's a big gap between those two things, uh, it is going to be more and more challenging. And then all of those things that are already inside of you, they work their themselves out. And so I, I think. Um, I, I really think in this pandemic and in any move or in any delay of move or any, uh, yeah, any change that is taking place, uh, we, have, we have got to turn up the volume on all of the other pieces as well, because the volume has been turned up on the situation, on the experience. And so understanding yourself, understanding what happens to you when you fall apart uh, is worth putting some more effort into and because the likelihood of you falling apart and really being stretched thin uh, is going to be turned up if you're trying to move during, during the season. Hello and welcome to the Thriving Broad Podcast. I'm Louise Wiles, your host for these conversations where we share stories, strategies and tips to help you build a thriving international life. Now, one of my favourite topics when talking about preparing for an international move is to focus on the importance of setting realistic expectations. Because where expectations exceed reality, as Jerry has just described in the introductory quote, we can develop tension. And in stressful times such as these, that tension is likely to be enhanced. But why do we set unrealistic expectations in the first place? Well, I thought I'd share a very quick tip from the world of psychology. And it's because we have an amazing capacity as humans to view the future optimistically. It's known as our optimism bias, and we tend to overestimate the probability of positive events and underestimate the probability of negative events happening in the future. And unfortunately, this can set us up for disappointment and additional tension in an already stressful moving process. Now, as Jerry goes on to say in our conversation, at times like these, such as the pandemic, we all have had to and have to lower our expectations. But that doesn't mean that all is lost. And Jerry should know, because he has made a big international move during this pandemic, from a tier one city in China to the island of Malta in the Mediterranean. Now, you may remember Jerry from episode 59, where he shared and talked about his life in China, the impact the pandemic was having on that life, and this upcoming move to Malta. So in this episode, four months on from that first conversation, Jerry shares how it all went, sharing the experience, the insights, the highs and the lows, and a conversation I feel is really helpful for anyone contemplating or embarking on an international move during this pandemic. And it's also helpful for those of us who are sitting out and looking for the silver lining in the current challenging situation. I know you're all going to enjoy and find value in this conversation. Now, as always, you can access the associated blog post in the, at the Thriving Abroad website. Look for episode 61, and from there you can download the full transcript if you prefer to read. And don't forget, while you're there, register to receive a regular newsletter, which contains additional relocation resources and tips to help you thrive abroad. Enjoy the conversation. 
So hello, Jerry. Welcome back to the Thriving Abroad podcast. Great to have you joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Louise. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, I think it's it was July when we last spoke. <laughs> so that, for anyone listening, was episode 59. Well worth going back and listening to. Perhaps listen to before this one, actually, just because it will give you some background. Um, but I know for you, Jerry, it's been um, quite an amazing, um, what, three or four months since we last spoke. So do you want to just kind of, I guess, give a bit of a nap? Uh, background to your expat journey just for those who haven't listened to episode 59 and therefore don't know um, and then just give us a bit of an update on on what's happened since we last spoke. Yeah sure so the I'll give you the quick version of our ex, <laughs> expat journey um, yeah so we uh, I'll work backwards we we spent the last uh, most of the last 14 years in China uh, and did a little back and forth. We repatriated during that time and, and, uh, and moved back to China. Uh, but m- most of that time was spent in China. Uh, and I do, I do work with cross-cultural people. I work with schools and companies and uh, people who are, are moving abroad and doing cross-cultural things. I do training and coaching for them. Uh, and I've loved it. It's been great. Uh, and and this past year, of course, uh, the whole world changed and COVID <laughs> entered the picture and that changed some things for us in China. And so we knew that we would be leaving and we had some choices to make and we chose to move to Malta so that I could um, continue my work and uh, be in closer proximity to Europe and North Africa and the Middle East and, and just keep doing what I love to do. Uh, so that's where we are now. <laughs> in between our last talk and, and this talk, we've uh, we've taken on the the move, and it was crazy. Uh, but we we got here. We are in Malta now, and and in in the transition that I teach about and try to help other people through. So I'm learning all kinds of new things. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what I, I'm really interested to talk to you about, actually, because I know um, certainly with some of my moves. I kind of would expect that I would know it all and, and be able to cope <laughs> right. and not be surprised right. by things. But I found a time and time again that actually not necessarily the case. <laughs> so I'm really right. interested as an expert in transitions. <laughs> um, what surprised you about you know, the last three or four months in terms of you know, the good and the bad? If you like? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's a... Uh, it, it's something that I talk about when I, when I do training, when I teach about this. Um, and yet it's, it still comes as a, as a bit of a shock as it, it, it hits hard. I don't know if it's a shock or a surprise, but it still hits really, really hard. Uh, it's, it's that knowing about this on the front end, like it's studying about transition and teaching about transition and helping other people through transition. You see a lot of people, go through their thing and, and you, you watch the challenges and the ups and downs and, and you help them walk through it. But knowing that doesn't get you out of it, right? Like you, you still <laughs> have to go through it. And, that, and that's where we are right now. Like that is the, the absolute nature of our existence right now. As, as I knew this was coming, I saw this coming. Um, but it's, uh, it's like when you, when you do training and when you know things ahead of time, you know the, the generalities of what is going to happen. You know there are going to be ups and downs and challenges, but none of those have a face or a name or a, a specific situation 
um, that it is wrapped in. And so then when it all takes shape, you get to experience it uh, in real time. And, and that's when it gets very, very interesting. And, that, and that's when it gets challenging. So, um, so I guess like the, the shock, um, if not a surprise, uh, is, is that, hey, we don't get out of this. It, this is hard. And, um, and we have to work our way through this, uh, just like everybody else who does this does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I always think when you're talking to people who've never done it before, it's really difficult. Okay, it's very much a kind of academic <laughs> conversation right, right, in many right. ways, isn't it? And and they may go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really resonate, I don't think, until right. yeah. they're actually in it. And I guess, so I guess that's an extension of that, isn't it? Um, yeah, but, you sure. know, what, what challenges in particular have you found, you know, can you relate them to past experiences? Do you go, oh yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or is it something different this time as kind yeah. of all a different feel? I don't know. It is absolutely different. This is a, this is a unique transition for us. Um, I think one of the big ones is everywhere we have moved before we've, we've gone into an existing team. So we've, we've had kind of a, a preset community that um that had people to kind of help us get around walk us through it help us find things uh this is the first transition that we've done that uh, that 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 doesn't exist um we we are we're feeling the isolation we've we've made a few friends since we've been here uh but we're not a part of a team uh that mm -hmm. is surrounding us and kind of that that instant community uh so mm -hmm. that is that is very new um I think I think just getting here was also unique uh, because we're doing it in the middle of a global pandemic, right? Like yeah. The, um, yeah. there there were so many barriers and and obstacles to get over and through uh, just mm -hmm. to just to get on the ground here, and and there were lots of setbacks, lots of extra expenses. That was that was very unique. We've never experienced that before. Um, this is the first time we've shipped things from one country to another. Usually we just kind of pack as much as we can into, into our suitcases and, and go with us. Mm -hmm. uh, but th we shipped this time and that has been a headache of, of learning about uh, paperwork and bureaucracy and, and, and just kind of coming in blind, not knowing how that works. And so we're still waiting on it. We, we hope that we made some progress on it today, but we're still waiting on that shipment to arrive. Um, so oh, there have right. been mul multiple things that are that are different yeah. about this one. Um, that make yeah. It yeah, yeah. I think many people will relate to that to the shipment challenge. I right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I certainly can. I remember a car. As you said that, I just remember a car stuck on the dock in Lisbon <laughs> that had come from only from Madeira to Lisbon. I don't even wow. remember why we took wow. it with us, but. <laughs> yeah, that took quite some getting getting out. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, conversations to get out of the dock yeah. for sure. Um, it is a learning so, curve for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose that is. And and so what's the the expat community like in Malta? I don't actually it's, have a sense of that. It's it's really interesting because it's uh, it's vast and it is spread out, and there are a lot of expats here. A lot of people from all over the place um mm. and the, the the communities seem to connect on facebook which is a which is a contrast to 
living in China where Facebook was banned and still most people mm. had it, but it wasn't the gathering place. Uh, but it seems that, like you can put anything out on Facebook and, and get dozens of responses almost instantly. Um, people, people tend to make plans and, and meet up there. We just actually, we connected with some friends. This is very interesting. Uh, we connected with some friends um, from China just yesterday that we met on Facebook. Um, she had been, she had noticed me and just sent me a message and we met her and her husband yesterday for coffee and it, and it was great it was one she's actually from the province that we lived in and oh, um, so that was, that was it was really refreshing on so many different levels not just to have uh you know a new set of friends but also get mm. to to talk about china a little bit and um and unpack covid from that perspective and and so that was nice there that was a a, a nice um just a kind of a sweet moment in the, in the middle of all, all of the challenges. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, the, but there are expats all over the place. There are of course a lot of, I mean, this is a, an Island in the Mediterranean. There are a lot of young expats. There are a lot of people coming through just to kind of party and, and, and have fun. There are uh, a lot of people who come here to work and, and live on the Island. There are a lot of retirees. There are, it's, it's pretty extensive. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and it's pretty diverse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite a holiday hotspot as well, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> except think, a, except in a pandemic is what we've been told. Now, so yeah. there, there's plenty of tourism still, but um, I, some of our friends told us like this, this is the year to go do as many tourist things mm. as you can because you get mm-hmm. to explore and see new things, but it just doesn't have the volume of, of tourists that, yeah. that is usually here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a silver lining right, <laughs> to right. this cloud, definitely. So what about, so you sort of touched a bit on you know, being able to talk about China, and I guess that, that's probably really nice in the sense that you know you rest, left China, I guess, at quite a difficult point, and, and, and so being able to think back to it and, and just talk it all through is really helpful. But what about the difference in sort of culture? I mean, to, to go from living... In, right. in China, you were living in a city, weren't you? I think. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. city of about nine nine million. Yeah. So um, living in on an island in the Mediterranean—that's right. quite a contrast, isn't it? Right. So how yeah, are you it, finding that transition? Um, it, it, it's. I think it's helpful that they are so vastly different. Uh, um, I mm. think sometimes when things are are very similar. Uh, like moving from China to another part of Asia, for example, um, your brain tends to uh, equate things too quickly and say, oh, this is just like. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, it feels at this point anyway, it feels really helpful that everything is just completely different. And so we're able to make the distinction between uh, what we've experienced and what we're experiencing now. And, and it, you know, we, we, we definitely feel that. And this is also our first time living in Europe. Um, and so there's enough of a difference from our home culture uh, that it's mm. that there's still some excitement in that. There's still uh, like we're exploring and we're learning and we're we're just noticing things. We uh, English is one of the languages, uh, the official languages of Malta, and so we can get around anywhere. Um, but mm. Maltese is the first language, and so there's still enough of a difference when you speak English with people that it doesn't feel like we're we're thinking the same. The the cultural mm. difference is is distinct enough that um that it really helps not to get lost in the idea that oh well these people are thinking just like me um yeah and, and then yeah. we can mm-hmm. kind of pick apart the the cultural differences 
And I guess, I guess from a sort of cultural perspective, there's probably some different aspects to the culture in Malta because you've got, you know, all the expats and the right. retirees and, and then you've got the, the tourism and the tourists and, and then you've got the island and, and the, the people, the Maltese who, do you see a distinction between those different categories or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's um, definitely a, a, distinct Maltese culture. Um, and we are just on the very front end of learning about that. Like I have no expertise in Maltese culture. Um, we've met, uh, several Maltese people. We've rented our, our flat from, uh, a Maltese person. We've, we've mm. connected, we've done some business with, uh, with Maltese people. And, um, and so it's, it's just, everything is, it's like being on the front end of a, of a brand new culture. It's exactly what we are. And, yeah. and so we're learning bits and pieces. I did, uh, I was reading through a, a string on, on Facebook last week and it was a Maltese person who, uh, who shared something, some wisdom that they had gotten years ago and they, they found it to be true. Um, but they, they said, basically, if you, uh, this was from a Maltese person, um, if, mm if you uh, meet a, a good Maltese person, you won't meet anyone better. If you meet a bad Maltese person, you won't meet anyone worse. Um, <laughs> and so it, it was, it was an interesting, just some bit of insight to, to go mm, into things. Mm. Um, and just to, it kind of helped me to step back and say, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, like people are people everywhere. Right. And, yeah, and so yeah. it's not like this, this one, are they nice? Are they friendly? Are they, are they kind? Are they good? Are they generous? Are they good business people? Are they like, there's a personality to that group. Um, but there, there's the full mix of people where in every culture. Yes. Yes. And there's, there's good. And then there's some bad. And yes, right, absolutely. I think that definitely applies. And I can yeah relate yeah. to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about, you know, people who, you know, other expats who are listening at the moment, you know, it has been, an incredibly challenging year for many yeah. and and so some will be currently living with quite a bit of uncertainty in terms of wondering what's coming next for them whether they're going to stay wherever they are or whether they're going to move and they may have some control over that or they may they may not depending on right. you know, their work situation and so on and others are sitting there being patient waiting for moves that perhaps right. postponed right. So many. or you know, families have been split across borders. What's your advice to them in terms of, you know, what have you learned from, you know, coping with the uncertainty and, and the, the the process that you've gone through um, that might help them to, to manage this uncertainty and lack of clarity? Right. Uh, I, I think in in this whole thing, um, I often talk about the, the gap between expectations and reality, which is where tension comes from. If there's a, if there's a big gap between those two things, uh, it is going to be more and more challenging. And then all of those things that are already inside of you, they work their themselves out. And so I, I think, um, I, I really think in this pandemic and in any move or in any delay of move or any, uh, yeah, any change that is taking place, uh, we have we have got to turn up the volume on all of the other pieces as well, because the volume has been turned up on the situation, on the experience. And so understanding yourself, understanding what happens to you when you fall apart, 
uh, is worth putting some more effort into and because the likelihood of you falling apart and really being stretched thin uh, is going to be turned up if you're trying to move during, during the season. Um, I think uh, looking, yeah, doing, doing your homework before you make any moves because it's just, you can't do the same thing. Like I, I've noticed this um, just even as we, as we watch television shows, as we watch, I, I was um, YouTubing, uh, what was it? Like, I think it was um, Britain's, Britain's Got Talent. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, and they and they had um, they had it was kind of like a compilation of all of the 2020 the golden buzzers. So this is the one where they did so good that one of the judges hits the golden buzzer and they go straight through to the next round and the the stuff falls out of the ceiling and there are balloons and music and it it goes crazy um, mm-hmm. and it was just like this one after the other the the audience was incredible like there was so much energy and so much excitement. And then just all of a sudden they moved to the week where they, where they decided to take the audience out where they had to take the audience out. So it was just the judges and the person singing. Um, And they did their thing. They hit the golden buzzer and all the stuff came out of the ceiling, balloons and lights and music, but there was no crowd and there was no, and it just took the excitement level way down. It was just not the Mm. same thing. And Mm. And it really, it makes me think of an international move, right? Like it, it's, it's challenging. It's hard. You've worked for this. You put everything you've got into it and then you get there. And eventually there's this moment where you're successful and there's fanfare and community and it's great. Um, but in a pandemic, it's, it can be very, very different. And the thing is, you can't, you can't just keep doing the same thing. Uh, when everything around you has changed and expect it to be the same, right? Like it was not the same show when the crowd was not there. And, and I think, um, I think moving during a pandemic, you have to expect that uh, even if you've done this before, even if you've done it several times before, you have to expect that this is going to be different, that there are going to be multiple new layers of challenge and strain and exhaustion and stress and turn up the volume on your mechanisms for dealing with all of that. Yeah, because I guess, and I'm just thinking about, you know, the things that would be, you know, well, not smooth necessarily, but, you know, arriving in a new location and, and, and dealing with things and getting to know people and, and developing your community in so many places at the moment, that is so difficult to do because face to face is not so easy. And, you know, the businesses that support or the you know, customs, for example, responding to your, your needs, they're dealing with their own pandemic challenges as well. Right. So, yeah, and it just knocks on, doesn't it? On right, on. It, it impacts <laughs> everything. It has impacted yeah. everything. Okay, so so setting your expectations even more carefully then in terms Absolutely. of... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, taking into account the the actual reality. Like, you can't just... Um, you can't set your expectations at, oh, global moves are hard and transitions are challenging. And these are the, you can't read all of the old blogs because everything has changed. And so they're, 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 the reality is different. Um, and you can work to change as much of that reality as you can. And when you can't, the only thing you've got left is to shift your expectations. Okay. So, um, 
I was also going to ask you about being a parent then, because obviously <laughs> you right. moved with your two children. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm, so I'm wondering, how did the kids see all of this? And, and how did you cope with and manage the uncertainty from from, from, from right. their perspective or with them? Because I imagine it could be her Oh, it could have been incredibly unsettling. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Any tips and advice to people with kids who are thinking, "Well, how do I explain this all, and how do we manage right. it in a way right. that, yeah?" It, it it has been it has been challenging, and um, I think the the extra layers have then when you put children into that mix, it, it um, it's it's multiple extra layers. It's not just one, uh, and. Uh, I, I think I think what we are trying to learn at this point, um, and we are right in the middle of it. We've been here for about a month and a half, um, and and are right in the middle of the uh, some of the uh, hopefully the the most challenging parts. Um, but taking to into account who who each of your children is uh, and what their specific needs are. Um, is is really important, and then working towards meeting those needs. Um, so we know that our kids need people, uh, and we're and we're working on that. We're we're trying to find. We've got them uh, into some sporting programs that start this week. Uh, we we want them to engage. Uh, we know that they have different needs. We've got one very extroverted and one very introverted, uh, and so so really figuring out and listening to them, not just uh, assuming, oh, well, we know you, we know your personality, and so this is what you need, but actually stopping and listening. Um, and so we've mm -hmm. tried to, to have a pulse on the things that make this better. So one of the things that we've discovered is that both of my kids, uh, they're loving having a car. Uh, we, we did not drive in China. Uh, so most of their life, uh, we, we haven't had a, a family car, and we, we do now. Um, and so at least three times a week um, after dinner, the kids will mm -hmm. come and ask, can we go for a drive tonight? Can we go chase the <laughs> sunset? We're just, you know, we're just minutes away from the coastline. Uh, okay. And so, and so we go explore and we look for new things and, and that has become a really sweet time. Um, so, so much so that, that they, they come and ask just about every night. Um, we, we do it <laughs> at least three times a week. Um, but, but finding those moments and, and recognizing, okay, this is, this is one thing. This is what we've got. There's so much loss here. There's so much that we've missed out on uh, and that they're missing out on in this transition phase. Um, so where are the golden moments and how can we repeat those? And then what can we get out of them? You know, what are the conversations we can have along the way? What, how can we really be in tune with their hearts and what their needs are and, and what they want? And we've had some We've had some challenging conversations um, in the mm. middle of the, the stress, uh, and they've actually been really, really uh, eye-opening for us uh, to, to just almost push to the brink of exhaustion and frustration and stress and breakdown um, so that everybody really feels like sharing what's actually in their heart. Nobody's mm. <laughs> right. When you get frustrated, you stop taking care of everybody else around you and you just start talking. And, yeah. and so uh, those moments can be perceived as really frustrating and really horrible. Uh, but if you pay attention in those moments, you learn something really, really good. And, mm. and that's where you have the, the decision to make about what you're going to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can absolutely relate to that. Thinking back to my kids and their transitions, you know, and a couple of right. moments just like I'm that sure. when there, one of them, one, one of my daughters, certainly her frustration just led to a point where we, yeah, she admitted to how she was feeling in a way that I don't think she would have done had she right. been feeling quite like that at that point. Right. But yes, allow it. Cause I think as a parent, you, you want to avoid, <laughs> I suppose our, our um, sense is that we, we don't want our children to be upset. We don't want them to feel right, right. discomfort. So we try to smooth the way. But then actually sometimes it is that frustration that's needed that, to enable yeah. them to communicate what they're really feeling. And then right. um, and the reality is they're, they're carrying that, right? Like that's yes. in there. Yeah. The yeah. question yeah. is, is it coming out? And so, yeah. Yeah. so the breakdowns and the, the blowups or, or whatever it is, is actually a, a really great opportunity to, to find out what's in there. And I, I know that, that both of our kids are, are, are protecting us as well. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to protect them. They're trying to protect us. They don't want us to feel <laughs> like uh, we've, we've thrown everything. Um, we've hurt them in any way, um, mm-hmm. but they're hurting. And, and so yeah. are we. And so um, it's, it's really, if, uh, if there's an opportunity for that to come out, it, it's really, really important to stop and, and pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just listening to you talking there and just thinking about the conversation so far, and, and so I, I kind of, it really does exemplify for me this kind of extremes of emotions that we do feel when we move and it's been you know, obviously yeah, enhanced because of the current pandemic. Right. But you know the the excitement and 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 the enjoyment of somewhere new and the appreciation of somewhere like Malta, which is you know the beautiful Mediterranean island and the positives right. That, right. that are in that, but then also the the emotional experience of leaving you know somewhere that was so so much a part of you Absolutely. and your family's life and and starting again and that whole sense of loss around that and I think that's something that we do try to not discuss so often. At, but it's really important to it is, reflect yeah. and learn right. from that. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's so important to, to, not, um, to not try to cancel one side out with the other, right? We, we live on this beautiful Mediterranean island. If you Google Malta and just do an image search, it's, it's breathtaking. And we have taken full advantage of that. We've taken boat trips around the island. This weekend, we went <laughs> to a different island and explored things. And we went swimming and kayaking. And, and that is all true. Uh, mm. But to try to set that on top of the frustration and the stress of transition, especially to do that to my kids, is incredibly unfair to say, oh, yeah, but look, Look how beautiful it is. And don't you love this? It's, it's okay to love that and still be frustrated in the other parts. Um, and it's okay for us to, to do that as well. Um, it's challenging to communicate that to, uh, to your friends, to your family, um, who maybe just perceive you to, to be living in paradise. Um, but, well, which is it? Is it hard or is it great? Well, yeah, it is. It's both. Yeah exactly at the same time yeah I I can so relate to this because we lived on we moved to the island of Madeira oh oh, okay years ago when my my youngest my eldest daughter was three 
and I was pregnant with my second daughter. Oh, wow. And four months pregnant, I think, when right. I arrived. And, you know, I can so relate to so much of this because the kind of the anticipation, the expectations, a beautiful island. Right. Um, in the same, you know, in the sense that, you know, Malta would be, yeah, they're both beautiful islands, holiday destinations. Right. And so people saying to me, oh, you're so lucky. And right. initially we lived <laughs> in a, a residence apartment in a four-star hotel with multiple pools and sea views and you know people say oh Louise you're so lucky and I just remember a I was feeling incredibly sick and horrible at that time (laughs) but I I just remember thinking I'm just so lonely I didn't know right yeah you know and and you and having moved before at that point I knew there was so much work to be done (laughs) in terms of you know establishing our new life and getting into you know and just developing that new life on the island and for us all and I think that's what people don't understand if you've not done it before the the investment I think we all make into creating our new lives in the new locations that we move to um yes yeah yeah so um when we spoke before um you we were talking about in the pandemic and the impact it was having on on people generally and expat specifically and and I remember you talking in fact I called it creating a strong finish for 2020 yes. and you said you said um we all have to settle for less this year but yeah. less is still better than nothing if we settle for nothing this year then we have missed something yeah. and I'm wondering now sort of reflecting back on the last four months or so and thinking forward to the end of 2020 um does that still do you still have that sense of you know needing and and wanting to get something more out of 2020 but recognizing that it's still a challenge yeah absolutely we are all going to remember 2020 for a long time to come hopefully like i hope it is not stretched out so far that we uh, that it just becomes our new normal like i hope 2020 yeah, yeah. stands out as as different um, and, and the, the way that typically works is that when you're through all of the mess and, and all of the challenges, um, you, you can look back and say, oh, that, yeah, that was really hard. But the stories that you remember are the times that you, you stayed up late laughing or you, um, you went and you saw something new and you stretched yourself and you challenged yourself and the relationships that you had went deeper. And so, um, and, and that's what I'm hoping for out of 2020, uh, because it has been re- the, the most challenging year. Um, and, and globally speaking, that's not just for me, uh, that is, is for the whole world. It has been a strain and has stretched a lot of people um, just as thin as they have ever been before. Uh, and so I think it, it would be a tragedy to, to come away from that without something beautiful without something good um, because there are good things happening even in our move there were these um, sweet little extra golden moments of connection uh, there were we got stuck in Shanghai for uh, it was several days uh, just on our flight out we thought we were flying out of China and we got we got mm-hmm. stuck there and, oh. and so we made some memories we were frustrated absolutely we were um, on hold with customer service half of that time. We were trying to arrange flights through countries that we didn't know if we could fly through. Uh, we were researching everything and it was uh, absolutely exhausting. Mm. Um, and yet 
we took a day and we went sightseeing and, and I took the kids out and we had some food that we hadn't had in China before. And we, uh, we got to stay in a hotel. My kids love hotels and we were a little <laughs> sick of it by the end of it. Um, but we, we got to do those things and those will be the things that those are, that's where we took pictures. Those will be the things we look back on in 20 years and say, yeah, in 2020, it was terrible. But remember when we went out and when we did this and, um, and, and so those are, those are very special moments. And if you miss those in the middle of all of this, then you get nothing, um, because it has taken a lot. Uh, but if you can hold on to those and capture them, you know, that not just pictures, but uh, how are you going to tell this story in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Um, it's really important to, to not miss out on, on those things that wouldn't have happened apart from this. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think perhaps that's the one thing that is going to come from this for many people is that we have learned through necessity unfortunately but to look at those moments in ways that we perhaps haven't done because right. we've been striving so much to move forward and and you know I, w I was just reflecting this morning and thinking you know we haven't my daughter has her 18th birthday the week after next and of course she had all kinds of plans and at the moment right. in the UK oh. we're about to hear the next phase in our you know whether it's lockdown partial mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever right. Boris Johnson's about to talk this afternoon and certainly for some areas of the UK I think things are looking pretty bleak but I mean and, and these seem like little problems um you know in, given the, the the bigger picture of the pandemic and I know a lot of the challenges many people are facing but for an 18 year old or near absolutely year old, yeah you know this is kind of this isn't just about her 18th birthday this is about being in the situation since March and every other opportunity that and thing that she had planned you know for this year so much of that not happening and um that's been true for so many people it is, yeah. and the problem you can so easily focus on that what you've lost rather than focusing on, yeah. on what we've gained and uh i think yeah as an adult i'm finding that easier than my young kids who for them it's yeah they're, they're right. finding it tough to see what's been positive to be honest yeah and, and I, I think it's so. i think it's critical to to identify what you've lost um, because mm. we're all walking around in loss and, and sometimes we haven't taken the time to just stop and identify and say, okay, this is what this thing has done to us specifically, even writing it down. Um, but then when you, when you have a good picture of what those losses actually are, then you can turn up the creativity. You can, um, you can do things to recover those losses or to, to go a completely different direction if you need to. Uh, but not to, that's, that's where the, the difference is between losing so much and losing everything. Um, and when you identify it, you can, you can kind of set it off to the side or you can address each one individually and say, okay, but what, what can we do here? Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's something that has struck me about people generally, you know, that they have been able to see those and, and be quite creative. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, the way creativity is amazing. Yeah. yeah what's going on and and um and the res yeah, resilience i hate the word resilience but it <laughs> you do see it <laughs> you know and, it's taken and on a all, new life in, it has taken on this, a whole yeah. new meaning hasn't it and right. you know we're all yeah just reflecting on that this morning given yeah. the current government announcement that's about to come and just thinking oh here we go again yeah. 
But do you know something? I don't feel quite as bad as I did in March when I was facing it. So obviously, well, you've been through that's it before, experience. right? Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. We've felt yeah. whether I will in another six months. Let's see. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you um, for you know, sharing your story and and all your insights. And um, you know, I guess what I take away from from this and and from the way you've spoken about it all that kind of that you know, taking space to to reflect and and to think about um what you're learning from the situation and and from the different challenges um is a really important thing to do and yes, i can hear that that's certainly yeah. what you've been doing yeah so, we're working on it yeah <laughs> good good <laughs> so um just tell us a little bit about your next steps from a business perspective because i know that you, you said you, you work as a, a transition coach and trainer so right. you just moved to Malta so what's your what your future plans for your business yeah so I'm, I'm entering into what I would call kind of a, a cultivating period uh, we've moved to a completely different location um, we have some network here but need to build that network and mm-hmm. so really I'm just looking to make those connections and um, and hopefully be ready when things break open uh, in order to, to travel to, to be places and go places. Um, and so I'm looking to build those relationships and moving a lot of what I do into an online format, of course, like mm. the, the rest of the world is. Uh, so, so building some programs and um, coaching online, uh, doing training online, which I, I hate. I really, Louise, I... Um, I love, there's nothing I love more than being in a room with a group of people mm. and engaging mm. and interacting and kind of playing off of people and getting them to play off of each other. And um, there's so much energy and so much good stuff. Um, and and then like one step down from that is a Zoom call where you take <laughs> out so much of that. But then the, the video course option where you don't even see the people in the room and mm. you, don't, you mm. don't know how people are reacting. Um, so that is my less is more than nothing uh, this year. Uh, that, that's still something, and it's, and it's still good. There's still value in that, and it, it, it can be actually really good, and it's so good from a, from a cost perspective. Um, makes it much more affordable to uh, a lot of people. Uh, but, man, I miss being in a room with a group of people and, and just engaging. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, like this phase is about building a network that is ready for that when, uh, when the time comes, but also mm-hmm. connecting with mm-hmm. people however we can right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's really, it's really interesting you say that because the one thing that I, you know, all this discussion about whether people are going back to offices or going to continue working from home. Right. And right. I, I just, I, I can't. I don't know. My prediction is there will come a point when people are, let me get out of here and yeah. get back to the office. <laughs> I mean, okay, perhaps not every single day of the week, but right. you know, just to get some community and conversation going and yeah. dynamic, yeah. it's not right. the same experience. Is it? it is It is not the same experience. And you can, like there, there is value in all of it. Um, yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. there's something really rich about uh, laughing and engaging and connecting with a group of people um that enhances whatever learning you're you're trying to achieve um yeah so blended learning is (laughs) a bit bit of everything (laughs) for sure yes definitely great well so if people would like to reach out to you and connect with you where do i send them 
Yeah, uh, you can you can connect with me through actually through through either of my websites. One is a blog. It's called thecultureblend.com. And the other is a site where I offer my services and try to build resources for expat. It is called expatup.org, O-R-G. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. And there's, there's ways to connect with me on either one of those sites. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. I'll put those links in the blog post that's associated with this episode. So um, go and have a look there if you want and you haven't got those details. But thank you so very much, Jerry. Yeah, thank you. Really this lovely speaking yeah. to you again. Thank you. Yes, thanks thank, very much. Thanks, Louise. So thanks so much for listening today. Remember to access the blog post and transcript, go to thrivingbroad.com and look for episode 71. And do get in touch if there is in any way in which I can help or support you. You can email me directly at louise at louisewiles.com. I help HR teams support the well-being of their international employees, as well as working directly with people who are planning or undertaking an international move. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the regular podcast newsletter so I can keep you up to date with all the latest news and resources from Thriving Abroad. Thank you once again to Jerry for joining us. Remember, go to his website, thecultureblend.com, to learn more about his work and read more about his story. I'll be back soon with the next episode in the Thriving World podcast series. Meanwhile, take care and stay well wherever you are in the world. Bye-bye for now.